parameters. Player code established. Welcome to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing host playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, a podcast about all things metal and everything in between. Christmas time is upon us. Lots of stuff coming out, including the joy and dread of the season. Plus, everyone's end of the year list as well. Don't worry, I'll have that ready for you soon enough. Coming up today, F.E. Gold joins us on the show, the workaholic who's releasing gothic symphonic metal singles every month. Makes me exhausted thinking about it. We'll talk about how it's done, plus Viserion returns to wrap up our talk from last month. I am so sorry. In the Metal News Recap, professionalism in the music industry and why some metal sites don't have it. But a twist of fate, no reviews this episode. I'm saving my reviewing energy for when we get to the best of 2022. So hope you don't mind, of course, gotta keep my mind working somehow. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Talking to the the Metal Robot Podcast is back. If you're looking for a good time and some awesome metal, this is definitely the show for you with your host, Tom McKay. Every week that I decide to upload on that particular week, if that week does happen, we still have Viserion joining us in a bit, so keep on listening for that. But first, quick heads up for the last couple of episodes of this year. We'll be wrapping up with our interviews for the year, and we'll start working on ending with a bang for this season, the 2022 season, by counting down the top 10 metal albums of 2022. You can join the fun in this as well. What albums from this year was your favorite? Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. I'd love to hear from you on that. The most upvoted posts will be declared the winner for the first ever Metal Robots Court of Awesome Award, an award selected specifically by you, the beautiful Metal Robot listeners. And now with that out of the way, let's get back into the fire with some cinematic goth rock metal alternative, something the gatekeepers will hate, but that's okay because the cool kids will still be here with the effigy. Born in the UK, the main soul and mind of the project, Effie Gold, has been prolific this year with releasing singles every month. From Cinder Sun to One With My Enemy, The Game, Ghost, and now, by the time you're hearing this podcast, there will be a new single, Talking to the Moon. At least I hope you're hearing this after the single came out. If not, then the robot fucked up the time-space continuum again. In case you don't know, he's actually the reason why Australia gets to celebrate New Year's before anybody else. And here to brag about all that and more, Effie Gold, a sleepy Effie Gold, I'm assuming, right here on the Metal <laughs> Robot Podcast. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Um, Yeah, I'm good. As you said, a little sleepy. It's 6am here, so... <laughs> yeah, because you guys are like uh, 12 hours ahead of us, right? Because I'm up here in uh, yeah. Eastern time. Oh my god, I do not. Yeah. yeah, as much as I feel bad, I don't envy you at all. So <laughs> welcome to the show, <laughs> regardless. Uh, so before we get started with uh, everything that we're going to talk about, uh, tell me more about Effie Gold, the Effigy, everything in between. Well, the Effigy, as you said, is cinematic goth rock <laughs> metal alternative with neoclassical influences. Uh, <laughs> and um, I am a very lonely solo musician who 
make all my musical art. As, like, as, as most as most solo music. artists are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. Are you a solo musician because you're a control freak, or are you a solo musician because you're so socially awkward that even the other band nerds didn't want to hang out with you? <laughs> I'm a little bit of both. I'm not gonna lie. So, <laughs> going back to your music, when it comes to your sound, it's diverse with a hint of familiarity as well. I think, especially with this most recent song, you know, influences from pop, rock, metal, bit of alternative as we were discussing, as well as some symphonic layering. What is your approach to incorporating all these various sounds and vibes into a song without it feeling overwhelming for the listener? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've mastered that one yet. <laughs> re- re- yeah, really hitting the hard-hitting questions at, uh, what is it again, like six o'clock in the morning for you? <laughs> Um, so the way I write songs is I allow myself no more than four hours to make the music. Ultimately, that's that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to finish the song, but I'm not allowed to add anything more to it. I can only kind of take away. That stops me from going way overboard because I quite like composing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's there is definitely an urge there to add crazy amounts of like uh, strings and just some woodwinds over here a bit of brass and it's yeah it's 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 like crack so you, <laughs> you have to you have to be aware that less is more sometimes and I'm I'm not always aware of that um thankfully I have again a great community of uh musicians to keep me in check but I'm like how does this sound they're like no no, 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 way too many sense to dial it back, dial it back. Because it is hard. You're a solo musician. You don't have other bandmates to to keep you in, in check. You don't have other bandmates to keep you in, you know, under control. So you got to just let loose. Yeah, you are you are your own regulator, essentially. Like, you are your own yeah. boss. And I've never been good at that. I don't have the best filter. I don't have <laughs> the best self-control. So, yeah. it's yes, I have to kind of rely on my friends to be like, a little less on those strings there, buddy. That's, a, that's yeah. sounding a little bit little bit too nightwish for what you're going for. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Um, and yeah, I only allow myself four hours. After that, I have to put it down. I can't add anything more to it. And that, that really helps limit things. So is there a certain number of times that you go over a song until you're happy with it? Or have you already like, are there other songs that you're just like one and done, vomit on the page, clean up the chunks and let's start promoting? So I always use mixes. Obviously, I don't mix my own stuff because I'm not very good at that. Um, <laughs> sorry, no, that's a really negative statement. I am... <laughs> No, I can't think of a way possible. Yeah. <laughs> at least you tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I am not yet good at mixing. Ah, um, there you go. Uh, so I use mixers. Often they have little things. They take a lot out. I think sometimes. <laughs> um, I. It is hard because you don't want to lose what your sound is or your vision to somebody else. So I've been very selective about. <laughs> who I'll work with. But yeah, to be honest with you, after four hours, I, I I often feel like there's not really much I would change about the song. Like the bulk of it's there. It might need like another couple of hours, like just fine tuning some other time. But generally speaking, I'm I'm done at that point. Um, and then I just have to do the vocals. Vocals for me takes forever. Like I always have a cold or something. Just there's always something going wrong. Uh, yeah. um, so I always have like either a cold or the last three months I've had bronchitis. So it takes me ages to do them. Yeah, no, I I, I feel you on that one because like outside of this, uh, I'm doing the podcast, obviously, if I'm going on the podcast sounding like this, it doesn't really sound that yeah. good. But 
it's even worse if I'm doing it for like voiceover work that I do on the side, which yes. is a, one oh. of my sources of income. Oh my God. Going on that and sending, you know, this over to a client, it doesn't sound that good. Um, but, so I definitely feel uh, you on that one. I also do some voiceover work and I had a really bad cold with the last batch of lines I delivered and they've never contacted me again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was like two months ago and they like never... They never contacted me again. Oh, that is straight rip. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, I felt that in my soul right there. Oh my god! I was like, I couldn't help it. I had <laughs> <laughs> since um, <laughs> continuing on with the music. So since first putting out Ivory Tower in 2021, as early as I can tell, you've been prolific with releasing singles at a rapid pace, including the villain EP in late 2021 and uh, Son back in July. So we talked, you mentioned that it takes like four hours, that you allow yourself four hours. What is the process for writing and producing an Effie Gold single in that time? Um, I sit down, I normally get a piano sound or a cool atmospheric scent. I inevitably pick one of the three keys I can sing in, um, <laughs> which is B minor, C sharp minor, or G minor. <laughs> then I go, I always write G minor, I should move it, I'll move it to E minor, go, I can't sing an E minor, move it back to D or something. Um, and I just, I basically get like a little piano melody. So I might have one during the day when I'm just wandering about, I'm just humming. Or when I'm listening to somebody else's song or something, and I'm like, oh, the vocal melody could have been cool if it kind of went like this instead and was in a different key and had a different rhythm and was a different song entirely. Oh, I'll get my recorder out. Um, and I just kind of like, yeah, so I'll just hum something into my phone and then later I'll trans I'll like transcribe that onto a little piano and I will put it on repeat, just on repeat. I will loop it a billion times and then I will try and build some chords around that. I'm not so knowledgeable on music theory um mm -hmm. i just kind of build chords around it and just go by ear and and then i can kind of feel it start to develop at that point i might like hum some lyrics i don't even necessarily have the lyrics yet and i'll just start building it adding more and more and more sometimes then taking a little bit away and i almost always get the music like 90 percent finished before i even think about lyrics and then for lyrics even just demo lyrics i'll stand up in front of my microphone the song will be on repeat and I will just ad-lib. Generally speaking, not much changes from that point on um, with the lyrics. I'm pretty, pretty good at that now, I think. And then I'll just kind of sit down and fine-tune them, work through them. But generally speaking, I'll just stand up and ad-lib those, those lyrics and get just those, at least the, the feeling out, even if it's mm -hmm. just like, in unintelligible grunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling and then too. We, and then we go and like add some sprinkles basically mm. with, uh, on the end with a few more little synths and a fuckload more strings. Yeah, fuckload more strings is a nice way of putting it. So, <laughs> so uh, like what, after the writing process, how involved do you say that you are in the production phase? Completely. Completely? Um, yes. I, to be honest, I don't like to be super negative about it, but I didn't, I didn't love what happened with some of my earlier stuff, I feel like I had the control kind of wrestled from, from my grips at times. That was a big learning experience because I, I didn't, wasn't happy with the end result. And, and I mean, I think it sounds good, but like, it's not what I wanted, if that makes sense. So now I'm, yeah, now I, I, I have, I trialed like a million <laughs> producers <laughs> to find the ones who work in the way that keep me updated constantly so that I can be like, yeah, no, I want this. No, I don't want that. You know, for the song that I actually have coming out next month, 
the production was done like like basically over Zoom. Like so I was <laughs> essentially there um, it, for it every step of the way. And same with the mixing. Like, and I don't want to be a control freak. I like people to do what they want to do. You know, I've chosen these producers, these mixers, whatever, because I like their work. But I want to at least make sure that I'm happy with it at the end of the day because I'm the one who's got to release it. And I'm the one who's got to sign my name off on it. That makes sense. Uh, it's good because especially I know it's good to, to at least know what you're about to get back. Because uh, if you just, like yeah. stu- write all the stuff and, you know, you have all that good to go and then you get the producer and they're like, yeah, we'll make it sound good. They come back with like some random hip hop folk track. I don't know. Like what what happened, happened in the meantime? Literally that? Hold on. <laughs> Basically, like I, I don't even know what was it. Well, not like it was it came okay. back and it was like black metal. What um, the and I was like, I don't know how we got there from goth rock, but yeah. I, mean, I didn't I didn't hate it. But not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a trip through Norway before it came back. That's what. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it had like blast beats and um, the guitars were like, it wasn't, it, it, it was so raw. Um, mm. That, that like the snare was like a noise. <laughs> oh, not what I, not what I wanted. <laughs> so that took a lot of reworking. Um, yeah. But it's hard because if you're not a mixer, you don't know the lingo. You just know, hey, the voice sounds wrong. This sounds wrong. So I mm-hmm. went and did a mixing course. So at least I'm not talking out my ass, but I'm like, hey, can we like get rid of some of that high pass filter, please? Yeah. <laughs> so at least I know some basic terms, at least. Um, oh. and I, I would definitely encourage all solo musicians to go do a mixing course. It can be really intimidating talking to somebody who this is like an expert in their profession and you're coming in with zero knowledge going I don't like it like it can be oh really my god yeah to do that <laughs> it is so important I think for like yeah for anybody really to un- at least understand the basics of like a field that you're not into but you'll be yeah. working with constantly for me especially as a critic uh, I'm a music critic outside of with as part of the podcast here um, I review a lot of music, but I also know what the process is for making music because I've done it myself. I know what mixing, what goes on mixing. I know what goes on the writing. I think that's very important to like be able to get that kind of knowledge. At the very least, as you were saying, to understand the the way to communicate with people in that field. Yeah. And the more detailed feedback you can give, in my experience, mixers are happier because they're not left guessing what you want. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't hurt their feelings because you're talking technically rather than going, I don't like it. And you can always phrase what you want in a positive way rather than I don't want X. You can say I want more of Y. And I think, yeah, that's just good, good advice for talking to anyone. Personally, if you know a little bit about what they're doing, you can just much better get what you want from it as well. And you can both be happy. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned earlier in this interview, I heard uh, you mentioned that you did you have another one coming out in uh, next month. Uh, given the given uh, the fact that you've got so much going on as well, like with all of these, uh, like was the monthly release schedule that you have like intentional or is this something that you were like, oh, it's, I have so many songs, I might as well do it like this. So a bit of both. I, I started getting stressed that I make material faster than I can release it. Um, mm-hmm. I try to work on at least one song a week, but sometimes that ends up being two. Obviously not every song is a keeper, but even if one in four is, like that means at least every month I have a track. And often I'll have like a couple of good, like three good tracks in a row and then and then nothing <laughs> for a while. <laughs> but it does mean that I and I already came with a huge backlog. Last year alone in 2021, um, even in only three quarters of the year, because I was 
moving for the rest of it. Um, I I wrote a hundred tracks. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. September last year alone, I wrote 20. Not everyone is a keeper, but you know, even if, even if one in 10 was, that's still 10 tracks. That's like a year of releases essentially. And I, yeah, I have to do something with them. Otherwise I start getting anxious that like, well, I want to release the new stuff. I don't want to release the old stuff. All this stuff's better now. So it it was Mm. kind of worked out well, but I, I did sort of make a conscious decision to be like, well, a singles is what's doing it right now. And just to test the waters, see how, how much is too much? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it would be so easy. I was like, oh yeah, like I make music so fast. I just have to hit release. No, nope. I have to find the right producer, the right mixer, the right master for the track. I have to do the artwork for it. Stupid me, he forgot I was a solo musician. I have to promote <laughs> it. I have to make all the social landings. I have to like organize it. I have to make sure that it's ready. Ugh. Whose stupid idea was this? All right, mine. <laughs> Part one with Effie Gold. The new single is Talking to the Moon. You can find it on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you listen to music. Uh, and stay tuned on the profile for Effie Gold in the future. There's plenty of more singles coming out that you definitely do not want to miss. If you're loving all the singles that came out thus far, You're going to love what's coming up soon. I haven't heard it yet, but I am pretty excited to hear it. But in the meantime, let's get into our Metal News Recap. Just a moment, there's quite a bit to talk about in this story that I've been sitting on for way too long now. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. This week's Metal News Recap was written by The Leper on Death's album cover. My body's literally falling to pieces. And somehow all of this is the worst part of my week. Have any stories you want covered on the podcast? Send them our way with the hashtag MRPNews. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com. This is MRP News. This is our MRP Metal News Recap, the part of the show where we ruin everything and take nothing seriously, even though we are all dying internally, externally, eternally. So on that chipper note, uh, we have something different here. Now, you may have noticed that I've been off on the podcast for a bit that was entirely accidental, but there is one story from a couple of weeks ago that I've been meaning to cover and that I think we definitely need to talk about. And it starts with a simple, yet probably provocative statement. You be the judge. Metal sites are bad at journalism. At least that's the general consensus based off of this week's events, where Blabbermouth and Metal Injection did one dirty on a fellow metal YouTuber. Blabbermouth publishes another story where they interviewed Angel Ripper and pretty much asked the same questions that I had asked, it's pretty much a rewrite of the original interview, or at the very least, they plagiarized the questions that I asked and asked the exact same questions all over again. That is the voice of Pedro from the YouTube channel ANP Reacts, and his reaction to, I couldn't help it, and his reaction to Blabbermouth rehashing his interview with Angel Ripper. What? Blabbermouth did that? Are you sure? Yes, I am. But before we get to that, I need to tell you who ANP Reacts is. If you didn't know already, ANP Reacts is Pedro and his son Antonio, the A in ANP Reacts, reacting to metal music videos. That's more or less what happens there, but it also serves as a chance, the channel serves as a chance for Pedro to review new releases in the metal community and, to the point of this story, interview metal bands and metal musicians. 
And he's talked to a lot of bands in that vein as well, including one Angel Ripper of the German metal band Sodom back in October. And this is where we find out that Blabbermouth and Metal Injection did one dirty. So for context, Pedro did an interview with Angel Ripper back in October to talk about the 40 Years at War compilation album that Sodom was putting out. Blabbermouth ended up picking up that video because of one specific part in the video where they talked about a potential big four of German thrash metal tour and how they said basically it might not happen. It'll be very hard to get that going, mostly because creator is so mainstream. It's hard to really sell to them on that idea. Now, there's nothing wrong so far because Blabbermouth did credit A&P Reacts for that interview. They shared the link and they brought views to them. Nothing inherently wrong with that. Pedro also agrees with that as well. So here, nothing's happened. I don't see what the point of the story is then. Well, Fast forward to this past week. The problem will begin here. According to Pedro, Blabbermouth recycled Pedro's interview with Angel Ripper and tried to pass it off as their own. Now, at first, Pedro wasn't sure if they actually copied and pasted a transcription of Pedro's video into their website and just created that as if it was their own. But Steamhammer Records, apparently, who is the record company that Sodom is under, did confirm that an interview with Angel Ripper and Blabbermouth did take place, and it was not a direct copy of the video's transcription. But that being said, Pedro still claims that basically what happened is they took the questions that he asked about a possible big four of German thrash tour and just Ask them again. And Pedro says he knows this because he claims that of all the interviewers that Angel Ripper talked to promoting 40 Years at War, Pedro was the first person to even bring up the possibility of a big four of German thrash tour. He was doing promo, he was doing promotion for this album for months. Not a single person under this blue sky that we live asked those questions until I ask those questions. But it gets one worse, because with that new Blabbermouth interview, Metal Injection comes into the picture. What exactly did they do? Well, they never even talked about the possibility of this question when A&P Reacts were being talked about, but instead, when Blabbermouth ended up doing their interview of the subject, that is when Metal Injection got involved and they shared that interview and not the one that the question originally came from, which is where a lot of the conversation is coming from. And thus, credit was not given to A&P Reacts for that specific part of the interview. Now, look, I know how this all sounds, okay? Even I was kind of thinking like, wait, really? That's, I don't understand what the problem is here. And Pedro did clarify, he knows he does not own questions. It's more about the integrity behind it as an interviewer when it comes to reusing questions and recycling questions that Angel Ripper had already answered in the past, by the way, and trying to pass them off as if you came up with that on your own, even though you knew already that that question was already asked by another person. Now, Metal Injection, for their part, has responded to Pedro on Twitter, defending themselves, saying that they were quoting the Blabbermouth interview directly, which, sure, I mean, that is a decent defense, but come on, you didn't know ahead of time that AMP Reacts did the interview? Then, a few days later, Blabbermouth doubled down on their interview as, quote, the same question slash subject addressed in two separate interviews, which more or less confirmed what Pedro was thinking in the first place. I never accused them in public or otherwise of completely uh, plagiarizing my interview. Mm -hmm. That's not what I accused them of. I accused them of what I just said, lazy journalism, 
at best. And to clarify, because I know it's going to be a bit of contradiction and possible misunderstanding of the controversy, Pedro is not saying that he has a problem with these sites using him as a source, so long as they give proper credits. Blabber Muff has quoted interviews that I have done in the past plenty of times. I've never had an issue with that, and I don't have an issue with that. But if you're quoting somebody's work, you have to reference who you're quoting. And he's not wrong with that. I know this for a fact. A lot of metal news media sites will see an article or an interview on another site, another big site in their sector, and they will pull a direct quote from that article and then give credit to that article, which is not the biggest problem so long as that article was the original source. And how do I know that that's not what's happening here? Keep in mind, I've been doing this segment on the show, this metal news recap on the podcast this 2022 season, and even before this year with the previous incarnation of Very Metal Week that I did on the Facebook page. So I know for a fact, when I'm searching for stories, this is what I'm seeing. I'm going to these major news sites, and I'm trying to find uh, articles to talk about, so that way there's something for this segment. So let's say, hypothetically, when I'm searching for stories for this show, I go to Metal Injection, and I see, oh, there's a story about uh, how Lars apologized for doing something that came out in a, in a made-up controversy. Uh, let's pretend for a moment that he apologized for the Nazi salute picture that was circling around during the cancel Metallica movement. Remember that? Um, let's pretend for a moment that there's an article about him apologizing for that. Great. Okay, there's a story right there. This article also came out two days ago. Perfect. Let's grab that. Go through the article. Okay, so they sourced Blabbermouth in this. Okay, so I'm thinking maybe they talked with Blabbermouth. Go to Blabbermouth. Nope, they didn't talk to Blabbermouth at all. In fact, Blabbermouth is actually sourcing a different website, Metal Sucks, let's say. So I go, okay, let's go to the Metal Sucks article, which came out a few days earlier than the Metal Injection article. That's fine. Whatever. Go to Metal Sucks. They got their source from Loudwire. Oh, great. That's another click down the rabbit hole here. Okay, so go to Loudwire. And Loudwire wasn't even the one who broke the story, because Loudwire's source was a sort of lesser-known podcast on YouTube that Lars went on three weeks ago to talk about this. So this isn't even a new story. Neither is any of this. And I find that after all of this, I'm like, this could have been solved much faster if Metal Injection and Blabbermouth, and Metal Sucks, and all these websites had just gone to the original source in the first place. But think about for a moment how much work I had to put in to even get to that original source. Now, obviously this is an over-exaggerated hypothetical, this has not actually happened, Lars never apologized for a Nazi salute. But, but <laughs> that's gonna get taken out of context. Stuff like this, you'd be surprised when I'm doing the research phase for this type of segment, how many times I've seen that happen? How many times I had to go down the rabbit hole to find the original source, which sometimes doesn't even end up coming up? Not even kidding here, this happens way more often than you think, and while it doesn't happen all of the time, and while I'm not saying that every single newswriter for every single one of these sites is culpable with this, it happens enough that you start to question whether or not these sites should be hiring news writers who at least have a basic knowledge of basic journalism, or even better, someone who has an actual journalism diploma or degree at most, or shit, even do basic journalism training before you even hire these guys on or give them basic knowledge 
of what they should do in these cases. So that way you can get the facts straight, you can get the sources clear, and that way you're not just piggybacking and uh, off of your colleagues and having a fucking rabbit hole through sites that didn't even break the story first. Now, I did the full interview with Pedro earlier this week. It's about 30 minutes long. You can find the full thing on the Metal Robot Reviews YouTube channel linked down in the podcast description. But I think it's important to really note here that the whole problem here is that these guys are not held accountable for this type of, I will say it, lazy journalism. I am not trying to call people out here, and I know not everybody is responsible for this. I mean, shit, like I've even done this myself, where I've just sourced random articles from the big metal news sites and not given credit to the actual source that they got it from. I've done that before too, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Mistakes can happen. But I think there's a lot less need to scrutinize a young, dumb podcaster with stupid jokes on the internet compared to a major metal news site that really should fucking know better. These guys should be held to higher standards. They're not. I don't know. I'm going to leave that story there for now, but I do think that we do need to try to hold these guys accountable so that way we can actually get some basic fucking journalism in the metal industry rather than the TMZs of the world, as Pedro called them. Again, watch the full interview. Link down in the podcast description. And that's a wrap for this Metal News Recap. Now, I'm sure that my coverage of the A&P React story is going to cause some friction with some of the people that I know who work for these types of sites. But just so we're clear here, if I didn't make it clear in the story, I am not trying to say that these guys do not do good work. And this is not a call out to individual people, even those involved in the story. But I think I agree that these sites need to be held to a higher standard of journalism, especially since they are making money off of this type of work ethic. But what about you? Do you think that this is the case? Do you think it's not the case? Or do you simply not give a shit? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this story or any others that I talk about on the show. Seriously, I want to know your thoughts on this one. Let's wrap this up in a moment with our final act of the night. Viserion returns to finish our talk about Reborn in Darkness, Black Metal, and what's ahead for the Queens-based band on the Metal Robot Podcast. Stick around. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sake! <laughs> Well, we can't stop a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? Uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by <laughs> all means. MRP Throwbacks. Only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Have you been on YouTube looking for reviews and thought, Wow. I'm so bored! Then you haven't watched Metal Robot Reviews. I missed the part where I'm no longer bored. Well, take a look. Symbols! I'm gonna offend so many people. She's not supposed to review them, wasn't I? Fuck! I don't know what that was. You just played a bunch of clips. And it's all on YouTube. Wait, who was that? Don't ask, just subscribe. Search up Metal Robot Reviews on YouTube to find all the latest videos in the metal scene, including metal reviews, reactions, interviews, and the fan favorite 10 Second Purge. Subscribe now. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. 
The Metal Robot Podcast. I'm Tom McKay. That's the sound of some New York City black metal, and their name is Viserion. We had them on last week to talk about their new single, Reborn in Darkness, and I also wanted to ask about being a black metal band in New York and whether that created any challenges. You can check out that part of the interview on episode 38 of the podcast. This week, though, Viserion returns to continue our talk about the single and what the band is looking towards in the future. So let's get back to the guys in Queens. This is Viserion part two on the Metal Robot Podcast. With this new single, obviously came with the new lineup with uh, guitarist John uh, Magnani. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I do apologize, uh, who is out and Chris V taking up the axe duties. Plus going from a trio to a quartet, as mentioned with the addition of Tasso Diakov, who is, an, is not with us to critique me on my pronunciation of his name. What was the deciding factor that made, that made you guys go, you know, these guys are one of us now. They belong in the band. Um, so, you know, like I said, Chris is in, uh, in our other band with us. Um, he, he, jo- he joined that one maybe, what, a year ago about now? It's about, yeah. About a year ago. Um, and, you know, me and him, you know, I, I play bass in that band. So I could tell, like, he was always listening to the rhythm and to the drums. And, um, you know, we, were, we had a very good uh, a bond just jamming out some stuff. Um, so I knew I wanted Chris in, in the band pretty much instantly. Uh, and then, you know, we were looking for a bassist and, uh, I had known Tasso a little bit from, uh, from, you know, the scene. Um, but, you know, I sat down with him, we, we, we hung out a few times and we had him, had him come try out. And, you know, not only did he nail his bass parts, but he also had input on, mm-hmm. on structure of the song or, 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 you know, maybe a, a little lead lick or, or changing some part, you know, restructuring this part to that part or playing it more. So I like having that someone who, who wasn't afraid to, to share ideas. Cause I always say, there's no such thing as a bad idea. You, you know, you got to try everything and then go from there. You don't, you don't know what, what can come from just trying out a couple of things. So. Yeah. I was yeah. in a previous band with Tasso. Um, I kind of pushed for Tasso in a way. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, hey, you got to get Tasso. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, kind of like he already he already had Tasso in mind in a way. Right. <laughs> but I was I was kind of was like, oh, we need to get him. Like, because he's he's a really good musician and a really good fucking bass player, honestly. Like, really fucking, mm-hmm. really like, good. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's really good to have, like, like the rhythm section, like, hold it down. Like, because obviously Matt is an amazing, very technical, proficient drummer and having a very technical, <laughs> proficient bass player also like just adds this layer of technicality to, to, to our form of black metal in a way, mm. but it all, it's all coming from the rhythm section. There's nothing guitars. We suck. So <laughs> yeah, we, we need two people. We need, we need two people to make us look good. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody like wants to be a drummer or a bass player. They want to be the guitar player. So okay. like, and they think that we're the technical ones, but we're not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the first practice with Tasso, like uh, whenever, so me and Ben, we, you know, he's my brother. Um, and we learn our instruments pretty much like a month apart. So whenever I'm with a bassist that's not Ben, I always have this idea in my head like, oh, Jesus, how is this going to go? Mm-hmm. And within the first practice, like we had chemistry. I could tell he was following along to like what I was playing. And he then when he added his own elements to it, it was like going along with when I was. So like after the first practice, we got in the car on the on the way home. And I was like, yeah, uh, Tasso, Tasso's great. 
I was like, yeah. <laughs> right then and there, that, that, that's when you guys knew. And it's so great to see you guys here with a sense of humor, both on this show and also on socials, which is something that you don't usually see often with a lot of black metal bands. Usually it's all constipated, angry in the face. Well, <laughs> while simultaneously kneeling in a graveyard, uh, holding some random dude's skull that they dug up. But <laughs> you got to dig in just to get the props ready. Like, yeah, everywhere's true cult. But when I see moments like this and also, going through your socials, when I see a picture of Matt smiling behind the kit and saying it's not true cult to smile, it's something that I feel like really helps bands stand out and have a connection with the fans beyond just mm, constipated yeah. angry. Uh, do you feel that that is just as important as being able to write the music and play the music? I tried being serious like on socials. <laughs> But I I just can't like yeah. I'm just like we're clowns. We, yeah, we're, like I'll be like this meme is too good. Like I have to do this. Like I, it's too good of an idea to not post. So that kind of went went out the window. And then uh, <laughs> honestly, you know, like I think we'll be we're the kind of guys who will go to a funeral and like she just laugh like they go, <laughs> shit. like you know I'm not gonna sit there and mope or whatever the kid. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. that's yeah. the type of humor we got. Yeah. Was, like honestly. Like it, 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 it's very impossible to be like that fucking serious, bro. Like I live in New York City. I don't live in like in like the woods in Norway, right? Or <laughs> like that. So you could relate to it, but again, I, we don't want to seem fake. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So like if, if if people smell fake from a mile away, especially us New Yorkers, we just you smell mm -hmm. it like up the block. Like, mm -hmm. So it's like. Like we could be that band, but we're also in the and another band that people know us to be like that funny band. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like we're being fake if we join this. Uh, we do Viserion, and next thing you know, it's like we're serious black metalers. Like, okay, we're gonna go to the woods and beat this fucking band. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna work out. People are gonna just be like, oh, okay, you guys are just a joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also I, I don't really like when um when you those uh, like super elitist black metal people who are like oh mm. this album doesn't sound like it was recorded in a McDonald's bathroom so <laughs> yeah. not, like, like come on dude like if it's good it's good like we're so, gonna get canceled by crazy, the black super metal serious <laughs> The microphone was not in the toilet bowl as we were playing. It is not true cult. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like the seriousness. I like the, the the art that they portray, the darkness of it all. Yeah. Like, like mm -hmm. you could put those elements in the music, but us as people, we're not. We're, we're, yeah. we're Anybody really, who knows us would be like, what are you doing? Guys, <laughs> yeah. you're like, yeah, you're like the three dumbest people. This is three stooges, yeah, like right yeah, now. Like yeah, Tasso, like, Tasso would have just like threw in another element right yeah, there. Like, yeah, yeah. That, just, that all implies that Tasso is a smart one in the band. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> you might, be, you might no, you might think that. Yeah. <laughs> you might, you might think that. Tasso but. has the silent humor. Tasso yeah. will just come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get you, and then it's you're like, like the special forces yeah, of the jokes. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. The Navy SEALs of jokes. Is yeah. that what <laughs> the seriousness of black metal is always. You know, it's it's important in some places, but there's a time and a place for that, obviously. And I like the fact that you guys understand that mm -hmm. is like on socials. You don't need to be serious. Be yourself always uh, on stage. You know, if you're doing the performance and cutting up a goat or something like that, it's like that's where the seriousness comes in. It's like, yeah. enjoy your dinner. Yeah. But <laughs> it's always good to know that that there's the personality is still there uh, beyond just. Hey. Uh, but from this point forward, you know, we obviously have the, this new single. You were you briefly mentioned there's a new album, I believe, in the works or it's being promoted. Uh, is Reborn of Is Reborn of Darkness going to be on? Wait, Reborn in Darkness. Sorry. Re <laughs> Drinking too much. Reborn in <laughs> darkness. 
that's going to be on the new album. Is that correct? Or is this just a standalone single? This is just going to be a uh, standalone where, you know, we, we have a few uh, songs written and we're working on some more for, for the next album. Um, you know, the plan is to pretty much just keep writing and get as much stuff as we have. You know, Chris has been writing black metal stuff for, for years before he, he joined us. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of material. I have, I have some things in and, my and basement. I'm sure Tasso, you know, <laughs> so, with, with 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 everybody writing in this band, you know, we we have a lot of things coming up. So that's the other reason I'm excited. You know, everybody has ideas. Everybody, you know, and different forms of black metal. Yeah, I think. like, like Tasso breaks his element. Like me and me and Tasso are classically trained with like Spanish guitar. So a lot of those elements are coming up when it comes to songwriting. So me and him have like a similar songwriting style. Being in previous bands with them, we're like yeah, okay, we have that element. Um. Uh, freaking Ben like writes very brutal, aggressive, in your face, like old school. So combining those elements and with his drumming, like like because like sometimes he'll come up with like like a drum part that like damn I have to change the riff around because that drum part is so goddamn good. So it's kind of like everybody's coming together and like writing. Like no, there's no weak link in the band when it comes to songwriting. Honestly, that's like why I'm excited for this next step of this band. And is there a timeline, a general timeline on this new album, or are the parts from uh, from Chris in his basement being held by the demon in the background? Yeah, we gotta. <laughs> you know, you will get this when I am. There, there's a riddle, <laughs> that, and we haven't solved the riddle yet to get past the demon dog. Yeah. So you know, ah, it's, it's like yeah. the Sphinx. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Bring him flowers. Like, ah, think, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, hey, hey, like, oh, here's the songs. <laughs> it's actually just my cat. <laughs> well then we're screwed yeah, she doesn't listen to that oh. yeah, yeah if it's yeah the demon is one thing the cat is a different story at yeah. that point oh yeah, yeah that cat so. hates me yeah. <laughs> all right so before i finish up with this last question i want to thank you guys once again for coming on this show bringing bringing your personality bringing yourselves bringing your drinks and let's all we're all having fun here now normally to end things off i ask the question if you could be any cereal box character who would you be which you can answer if you want but i don't know if that's the right question to end things off here so how about this if you could be any video game character, not Oryx, <laughs> who would you be? Are you saying Master Chief? I, we're both going to say Master Chief. Master Chief, yeah. Master Chief. In fact, his armor jerks him off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I want to be I Master know Chief. If you're <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> that's that's see, this is stuff that you get in the behind the scenes of <laughs> development. Well, he doesn't take it off. Yeah. Okay, no, uh, yeah, no wonder, man. Like, that's that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Futuristic flashlight, you know, yeah. I can't wait for someone in the comments. That's that's not canon. That's well, not canon. I don't play a lot of, I don't. I don't play a lot of like video games like I used to. A lot sports <laughs> games I do. So if I'm gonna be Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, okay. like I'll, I'll, if I have to yeah, pick a video yeah. game character, yeah. you know, he owns an island, right? Does he have an island? I think he has an island. Is he Je Je Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, he owns an island. It's a if he is a video game, it's a very depressing one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not one I want to play. Yeah. No, no. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. Viserion on the Metal Robot Podcast. Go get Reborn in Darkness on all streaming platforms on Bandcamp. Links are down in the podcast description. Anything else you guys want to shout out before we end this? You have the floor. Matt has it their leg. 
Ah, you weren't supposed to say that. Why do you think I hit it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a specific reason why the camera angle is a certain <laughs> way, people. <laughs> so you don't. I spent see. hours doing this setup here just because of this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make us all look bad, Matt. <laughs> make us all look bad. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you, man. All right. That was Viserion. Like I said, go check out all their stuff. And if you are in New York, you see them live, make sure you tell them Brooklyn's better. They'll love that. They'll love that. What what can I say? If the joke can be made, one must take the spoon and uh, take the spoon. This analogy fell apart so fucking fast. (laughs) Anyways, check out the new single, Reborn in Darkness, and keep your ears to the ground. It seems like there's going to be some good shit coming down the pipeline soon enough. I'm just hoping that they don't take the cue from me and start writing songs about New York City, unless they're doing a cover of City Baby Attacked by Rats or a song called Queens is Better. I don't know. Who knows? Let's wrap this up. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Time to wrap up. You've been an awesome listener for tonight, so let me tell you what's coming up next week. The Inferno Doll sits down for a scary good time to talk about the new single, Renfield. We also bring back Effie Gold one last time to dive further into their world and of the effigy. It's coming out next week. In the meantime, though, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter, at The Metal Robot, Instagram, at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything Metal Robot on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, podcasts, press, and so much more. Special thanks to Effie Gold and the guys in Viserion for coming on today, and as always, to co-producer Anna, who keeps telling the robot lots of dirty jokes. I don't understand half of them, but I'm sure she'll tell me when I'm older. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.